from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, OCFA's Assistant Chief of Organizational Planning, Mike Schrader. All right, welcome back to OCFA's Pass Along Podcast. This is the second part of our two-parter, uh, which is the interview with our new fire chief, Brian Fennessy. Uh, without further ado, I'll hand it over to Battalion Chief Shane Sherwood with the rest of this great interview. Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is the second half of our uh, interview and sit down with uh, Chief Fennessy. Uh, we encourage everybody to listen to the first half of this, uh, but we'll go ahead and get started with the second part with Chief Fennessy. Something that uh, from from the OCFA history piece. Uh, are you aware of, we used to have a, a, a doctrine called OCFA Way. I do. Uh, you know what I got a uh, Chief McIntosh, he put together, he's he way more organized than me, right? <laughs> he gave me this nice binder on his last day and and uh, I took it home over the weekend, that weekend and opened it up. And he had a nice card, you know, there for me. And that was the first thing was in there, kind of beat up, tattered, you know, obviously an older document. It was the first thing I read. And then I read through that, and man, my take, man, this is still relevant. Every sure. bit of thing, everything in that, is absolutely relevant um, to today. I uh, had breakfast with Chief Prather and, and Macintosh on um, Saturday morning. Were you on the Saturday sailboat morning. by chance? No, we were. They, they take me a lot. I go to these lunches. You got a lot of golf courses up here, right? <laughs> yes, so, we do. <laughs> uh, we met at, uh, for breakfast, and we spent a few hours together. And uh, we talked a lot about that in the history, and, and Chief Prather, you know, shared, you know, trip he took and others to Phoenix and, and what they brought uh, away from that. And uh, we talked a lot about that. And that's, you know, I told him it was something I'd be interested in sharing, you know, job-wide, perhaps electronically. Maybe we, we dive into that and, and actually have conversations about, you know, our values, our shared values. Um, I mean, that's who we are. I mean, that's why we hold up our, our right hand, right? And we, we take this oath. It, it's to serve. And um, there's some good stuff in that book that I think is, is worth sharing. And, and what I'm learning about our organization is, you know, with all the, the massive hiring, the massive retirements, the massive hiring, um, you know, Santa Ana coming over a number of years ago, you know, there's a, you know, myself coming from another agency. We sat around the table last night at 34s. About every one of them came from some other agency. You know, we're we're the new America, right? Where I mean, we're we're from all over. You know, going back and looking at the the Orange County way and, and sharing that widely and having conversations about, it, I think is healthy. It's good stuff. Yeah, and you spoke in your letter about you know diversity being one of our strengths, and and you you spoke in that um, under that section uh, about. Uh, Building, uh, building up our, our, our female firefighters, and um, you know we've we've in the past we've tried several different means, especially on the athletic side, and uh, we still haven't been able to be quite as successful as we'd like to be. Uh, do you have ideas of, of where you look to go to recruit, or how we how we do a better job at drawing um, female firefighters into the OCFA? It's tough. I mean, it, everybody is is working. You know, the large organizations certainly at doing a, a number of of creative things and, and I know in San Diego for many years we you know when I came on there were you know over a hundred women on the job we were one of the departments nationally we in Seattle that were looked at as you know being progressive that way I will tell you that when I left I believe the numbers slipped to maybe just above 50 and some of that not most of it has to go towards um, 
as a result of not doing the recruiting that we needed to be. And, you know, we thought for this, you know, we did the same thing with the hotshot crews. We'd go to the athletic programs at the high schools at the, and what we found was, you know, you might get some success there, but a lot of those individuals have scholarships and they already have a career plan, a career path. And being a firefighter wasn't one of those. Now it might have been had it been done earlier, but so what we're learning, and I, I want to say the IFF, the IFC, others are, we need to, to really expose uh, young women to the fire service early in their careers. Um, you know, uh, little boys play with cars and fire engines and fire trucks and, and you know, it's just, you know, not to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm putting people in, you know, that way, but um, what we're finding with girls camps and things like that, LA Fire just did one, San Diego just did theirs last weekend, their second one, is young women that are exposed to the service will someday, some of them will someday decide that, hey, I want to be a firefighter because I know I can do that. Um, so I think that, that the strategy is more attraction, exposure, but it's not going to be something that gets solved overnight. It's not. Uh, whether it's cultural, ethnic diversity, whether it's, you know, females, um, but you have to start somewhere. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to working with the team here and, and seeing where we can you know, if there's some strategies that not just that we've been doing, but other departments, you know, and, and being involved in that and exposing. You got a great Explorer program here. You know, I, I was, again, out at 34s yesterday in the back parking lot. There were a lot of young men and women out there, you know, throwing hoes and ladders and doing a number of things. Um, you know, that gave, I drove away from there going, wow. I mean, there was quite a few, I'd say nearly 50% of the Explorers out there were young women. So, you know, we just got to, I'm here for the long haul. We'll, you know, we'll definitely improve that in, but you know, everybody's got to earn the job too. You know, everybody's got to go through the academy and, and we're certainly not going to give people preferences. We all had to go through the academy. We all had to pay our dues. Um, everybody's, you know, has to do that. Right. Okay. Um, switch gears and go, uh, make it a little more personal. Okay. Um, where do you see yourself in, uh, in one year and where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, in terms of being the fire chief for OCFA? Well, you know, I, this, uh, I mean, I'm in for the long haul, right? This is a long game. You know, I, if, if there's anything I've learned from my experience down south, is, man, I had a lot of, in one year we were going to be, had a lot of goals, right? Well, that always sound like they're pretty simple <laughs> ideas, right? Until you go to execute. Then it impacts a lot of people. You, know, you put the, the fiscal side, the money side apart, but, man, there's, you know, even though it seems simple, I mean, we're talking about culture, we're talking about people, we're talking about things. What I, anything I've learned is, that, is there needs to be a little bit, even by me, you know, an element of patience. Um, in a year, I would love to, to, you know, what does right look like? What is successful? You know, what does success look like in a year? You know, maybe just randomly visiting a station and we're having those conversations about leadership, you know, the future of the organization, culture, uh, all the things we've been talking about. You know, and everybody, you know, agreeing that, man, we, we need to, you know, move in, in these directions and really be, you know, the organization I know we can be. I, it, that's one of the things that excites me most about being the chief here is there are a number of initiatives and program, things that we can be involved in. Man, it, we're going to be, you know, a leader in the country. I mean, we're going to be one of those departments that go, well, have you talked to Orange County? You know, departments big and small everywhere. Hey, we're thinking about this. You need to go talk to Orange County about it. That's what they've been investing in. And it's really investing in our people. Okay. Um, 
we talked about all the different programs that OCFA has, and um, I believe that we are a great fire department, and I would even call us a destination fire department. Agreed. Um, are there any programs that we currently don't have that you might be interested or something that you think we do need to implement? Um, That's a great, you know, I mean, there's so many similarities, I mean, between the ta FEMA task forces, you know, uh, between South and here, the aviation programs, HAZMAP, you know, heavy, re you know, all those things that large metro departments generally share here in, in Southern California. You know, I'd certainly love to see our, our leader, you know, development, you know, program, you know, um, start you know, at all levels, and we're not just talking about, you know, people that are already in supervisor positions, but, you know, programs that start at those people that are coming through the academy in programs or opportunities, you know, for the highest levels of, of leadership within the organization. Um, I'm on a variety of, been for a long time, whether it be NWCG, leadership committees, and, and other things. There are opportunities available to us um, that maybe have not been explored or exposed here. And again, the, the idea is this is a, a long process where we learn a little bit about our, ourselves. I believe leaders can be developed, um, not necessarily born. I think I'm a product of that. I worked for some, um, I was a very poor leader uh, early in my career. Um, somebody had to mentor me into, you know, a short story. Um, you know, I, in, in that, era I grew up in, it was a, you know, you're seen and not heard, you do what you're told, you don't ask why, and I was good at that. That worked for me. And when I became a, a squad boss, and ultimately a foreman or a crew captain, that's how I led. You know, I was kick them in the pants, you know, this is what we're going to do, and, and uh, people got the job done, but I couldn't figure out why, you know, they wouldn't want to share a beer with me at night, right? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until... Um, on a fire somewhere, in, I want to say up in Idaho, whatever, I was lining out my crew and telling what we were going to do and blah, 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 that uh, a more tenured superintendent, kind of the god at the time within the hotshot um, community, was up the, the hill, and I guess had been watching me and summoned me up. And for this guy to summon you, I mean, it was a big deal. If he said hi to you in fire camp, that was kind of a big deal for a young, you know, 24-year-old supervisor, right? And uh, he shared with me, sat me down and shared with me that, you know, there might be other ways to get people to do what you need them to do. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but this guy was somebody and he, uh, he pulled a book out of his pack. It was the, the Art of War, you know, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And, you know, imagine a 24-year-old kid. I don't know how many have read that book. That's not an easy <laughs> read, right? <laughs> right? And I don't know what it meant, but I knew I was going to read it because I'd see him later. And, and over time, you know, he introduced me to others. And we didn't call them mentors back then, right? Uh, but those were people that saw something in me that I didn't see that shared with me other ways of doing it. And that's all we're doing here, right? I mean, you, myself, others. And leaders aren't only, you know, certainly aren't just the people that wear the collar brass. There are informal leaders you know, all levels of the organization. There are firefighters, I'm sure, here, man, that everybody would follow. Uh, and, and, you know, those people, you know, have something to share, you know, about leadership, you know, with all of us. So um, I, I think we're going to have, I think, we're going to have a comprehensive uh, leader program that extends multiple years that, that is not just sit-down training all these, but opportunities, participation, exposure to, to staff rides, a variety of different things to grow you know, both for ourselves and, and for the organization. Perfect. Who, who, who do you consider uh, a mentor to you today? Oh, someone God. that you look to that kind of, to help guide 
your leadership and uh, and what you think is is what you want to follow. You know, I, I've had so many over the years, and and again, before there was anything called mentorship or whatever, I didn't even know what to call them. But you know, different points in my career, certainly, you know, there was the old superintendent, but you know, I've got um, you know retired fire chiefs that you know provide me um, counsel that I can reach out to and go, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, share with them an article. And uh, more often than not, they go, well, you know, you may want to consider this. And uh, I find that's really healthy for me. I'm, I'm not the most risk averse person in the world. So I like to surround myself with people, not everybody, but, you know, some people that will tell me, hey, chief, you know, we'll do what you want, but have you thought about this? Or, hey, maybe, chief, that's, that's maybe not such a great idea. I need people to tell me and be honest with me. I'm not looking for a bunch of yes people. I you know, need mentors, I need those around me that are going to share input and perhaps stir up some healthy conflict because I think that is a, a good thing. But man, I've got mentors, you know, I look at Chip, you know, I haven't seen uh, Chief Prather in years. But he's a guy I pulled something away from, I'd consider. So mentorship isn't necessarily just one thing or a sit down or what it is. It's, it's in my view, a variety of people. It doesn't have to be some, from peers, from people that were in those positions. Undoubtedly, Shane, there's a lot I could learn from you and that I would apply in other places. I think it's just being open to you know, input from everybody. Take or, take or leave what you want, but uh, I don't think any one of us knows it all. I like that. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, what is something you'd want to share with everybody at OCFA? If you could say just one thing that, brought, that bothers Chief Fennessy, what is that one thing that, that kind of just puts you in that bad spot? You know, I don't know that I get in a bad spot and people go, yeah, really? No, seriously, I don't. But I think more than anything, it's probably, you know, attitude, you know, or, or maybe a feeling of entitlement, you know. And I think we all share pieces of that, you know, greater on the continuum, whether it's a lot or short. But, uh, you know, it's not uncommon or wasn't uncommon. Well, it was uncommon, but I'd go visit stations. I'd go to visit a lot of stations. It's one of the things I love to do is be around firefighters. And every now and then you'd, you know, have somebody in the room that you could tell by, you know, body language or just that, that something was going on. And I'd really like to get in. Hey, so what's going on? And I'm oh, nothing cheap. Come on. We're all among, put it out there. And eventually you usually coax it out of them. And it's usually something small, you know, that something, hey, for the last year we've had this or the department's ignoring us here or the mayor just said something on the news about our pensions. You know, who knows what it is? And I have to remind us, like, these are great jobs. I mean, are you really going to let what you read in the newspaper ruin your day? When you get to come here to work to be around other firefighters, you're going to have some fun today, right? Man, these are great jobs. I mean... Man, I love being a firefighter, and I, I get to be around a lot of retirees now, right, as you get that towards the latter ends of your career, and of course, it's always, what well, I don't miss the BS, but I miss the people, right? Well, I don't want to miss the people, and that's what I tell them. You're going to retire from here someday, and if you spend you know, a chunk of your career bitter, unhappy, or whatever, when you've just been given the best job of, of your career, man, shame on you. I tell the 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 individuals that graduate from the, the academy, I mean, you're happy that day you graduate, right? You, you're the happiest. You got the badge. You earned it. Tell me, remember this feeling. Remember this feeling because not every day is going to be like this. You know, we're all entitled to bad days, things that happen you know, in our personal lives, you know, to our friends on the job, those sorts of things. And so you, ha you have a right to be you know, down on occasion. 
man, you got to remember, you know, man, we all graduated from this academy. We were all happy. And it just dumbfounds me sometimes when no matter what, some people are just that unhappy. It, it's discouraging. I mean, I don't lose sleep over it or anything like that, but I, I really see it as a shame because I really do believe in it. There is no better job than what we've been allowed to do. I mean, it's just... So, you know, those are things, you know, the entitlement that people think they're entitled to, things that they're not, hey, you know, we're, we're provided an opportunity to serve. I mean, it's a freaking privilege, right? right? And so, um, you know, some of the entitlement that's out there, and it's at all levels, right? right. Um, you speak about uh, change being ine inevitable in your, in your letter, and you bring up uh, the entitlement issue. And, the fire service that we all knew back when we all started is is evolving mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot surrounded around the new firefighter and this entitlement being being characterized as, as the new firefighter being entitled. How do we combat that? How do we how do we address that? Is is it something that we just have to instill in our culture or is it something that we have to learn to accept um, or, or, or how do we deal with that? You know, I, I think it's, it's uh, more complicated than that. I, I think we like to, you know, as humans, as, as far as put people in, you know, categories. And, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, the millennials. It's the millennials, right? And they're all this entitled. Well, I don't know that it's necessarily that. I mean, I, I learn a lot and I hear a lot of really great, get a lot of really great ideas from the young people that are coming on the job. Um, I think what's different, and I talked about a little earlier, is you know the people coming on the job, they, they want to know why we're doing some things we're doing. I come from a, an era where why didn't matter. You just did it and we accepted that and that was okay. Well, that's not the world today. And is it really wrong you know, or is it a problem sharing you know, what it is we're doing? What is the task we're asking them to do? What is the purpose and what does the end state look like? Right? I, I think we need to provide good you know, leaders' intent that way and people, I've seen it, you know, where Again, if we're going to categorize millennials or who they, it doesn't matter what group you're in, people respond to that. Because then they know, you know what the end result's supposed to look like. They know, you know what the purpose of what they're doing. There's time and places for that, certainly on a, you know active fire ground when it's, hey, we need you to, asking why is probably not appropriate right now. Um, but I don't think that's an issue. I think the, you know, the younger firefighters you know, have some really brilliant ideas, especially when it comes to technology and how they, how they learn, you know, how we communicate. The days of just a, a paper bulletin, you know, is kind of over. Now that, you know, some of us, some others, you know, we respond to that. So it's not one or the other. I think we have to communicate in a variety of ways. I think this is an excellent way, you know, through podcast, through social media, through bulletins, through videos. I mean, everything that's out there, we need to talk, to, you know, find out from the people, what is it that you will listen to? And we only have that much time, right? I mean, I found myself impatient that way too. If it's the email's too long, I'll save it for later. If the video's too long, I save it for later. I mean, we're all kind of falling into that. So I think entitlements, you know, given um, what I mean by entitlement is is those that were like, hey, you know, we're doing this. We should probably be paid more. We should get. It's usually about the me, right? I should get this because of this, that, and the other thing. That's what I, you know, largely concern or, or consider. Um, some of the entitlement. Hey, listen, you know, when we, uh, you know, we're getting ready for a promotion, we put ourselves through school. We took training. We paid out of pocket to go to classes, used tuition reimbursement. Um, largely that day has passed. Now we're providing the classes. We're paying for That's just, you know, one could ask themselves, well, shouldn't that have been the way back then? 
shouldn't organizations have provided that back then? One could argue that, yeah, you know, things were perfect in, in you know, financial situation for organizations where they were, we shouldn't do it. At the end of the day, we want, you know, our firefighters, our people preparing for promotion to um, be as prepared as they can be. So I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Thanks, Chief. Um, I want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything you would like to add uh, that you'd want all our members to know that maybe you didn't put down in writing? Uh, as, you, as you alluded to, you prefer this form of communication. Uh, it's just an opportunity for you to, uh, you know, address the OCFA um, and, and let them know what uh, we can expect from Chief Hennessy. I appreciate that. You know, I, the, the type of communication I most prefer is, is certainly in person. This is a large organization. We have three ships, 72 stations. I mean, that's going to be pretty tough in a year, two years. But, you know, I, I really hope that people will, you know, contact Kathy or go through their battalions and divisions and, and have me out because I really do want to meet you and I want to have, you know, good, open, honest conversations. It's great to, you know, visit stations. It's, it's a somewhat predictable um, situation. You get there, everybody's dressed in their uniforms, everybody's polite, and they want to tell you what's going well, and that's great. But I want to hear what's not going so well. I'm um, bad news is welcome here. You know, I want people to know that if things are going on culturally or, or otherwise, it's not about getting people in trouble or anything like that. Um, we're here, my staff, myself, to make it better for those of you that are out there, you know, delivering those services. And if we don't know because of the layers, you know, the layers of the organization, you know the ground truth out there. You're the ones that are, are providing the service. If we're not getting or hearing what you need because there are just so many layers, and it's not purposeful, people generally aren't trying to keep stuff down, but things are moving quickly, we need to know. And so you need to push that information up. Um, I take emails direct from all levels of the organization. I was told in San Diego, don't do it, chief. You're going to get inundated with. I didn't. I'm not looking for complaints. I'm looking for you know issues. Why do we do this? These are questions. and, and I. We made probably of all the, the information we received from the field, we moved on about 80% of it. The other 20%, we explained why that wasn't, you know, maybe a good idea and on and on. But, you know, I want, you know, the firefighters and the, the non-uniform people to take ownership of the organization and know that if you push ideas, um, information up, that we're going to take it seriously and we're going to move on the good ideas. Um, we're all one team, you know. We're... And I appreciate the, you know, what you shared, Shane. I mean, we are one family. I'm the new guy in the family. So tell me, you know, what I can do to, to uh, make your experience, your life here at OCFA better. So, Chief, you, you alluded to uh, being open to receive an email from, regardless of rank, from everyone in the organization. Do you think that has any impact to our chain of command? Or how does that work outside of the chain of command? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, if done you know, correctly, you know, if I had an idea in the field, and I've had them, and I know you've had them too, I share them with my supervisors, others around me, and if it's a, something of merit, you know, I would hope that, you know, that would, would filter on up. Um, people do that anyways. I mean, they will sometimes email. I've already received some direct, that, and they're generally friendly. They're not complaints. They're not about people or misconduct or performance. And I, I'm not interested in, in any of that. Um, that won't be met with, you know, that, that needs to go through the chain of command and dealt with the way we need to deal with it. But, um, you know, my experience, you know, again, down south is that, you know, simple stuff. You know, I'll give you an example. Chief, why, do, why, are, our dry, why are our Code 3 driving restrictions um, 
much tighter than the rest of the state and the other agencies in the state. I don't know anything about it. So I started asking the others around me, is that true? Is our stuff? And we started to do some research and you know, 20 years ago when whoever was in charge decided that this is what we need to do, we had to ask ourselves, well, why, do, why are we doing that if it doesn't make sense and that's not a best business practice? We eliminate, so some of the things that come up um, are just legacy things that we don't think of. Certainly, you know, those things can be resolved other ways too, but I found that it's very difficult to, to, to uh, try to limit or constrain people from going direct sometimes, especially, you know, your more passionate employees. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Those things that should go through the chain of command, man, I'm a big proponent of they're going to get pushed right back down and you need to work that through the, the process. Um, and those are discussions I still need to have, not only with the executive management team, but certainly the visions and the battalions, because they need to be comfortable that any information shared, you know, is information that, you know, they're likely aware of and that they're, you know, supportive of, because it, it is, it's all about trust. And I think uh, it's tough in any organization to maintain that high trust state, uh, especially when there's this many layers. Um, but I think it's vitally important. You know, once we have that trust, hey, I'm the new guy. I, I don't expect people to trust me overnight, you know, through this podcast, those things. That, that has to be earned. You know, the competency has to be there. The behavior has to be there. Um, and that takes time. And that's on me, right? I've got to get out there and I've got to show people, hey, man, no, he means what he says. And, and he does have our back. Um, those sorts of things. But it, it's a two-way street, right? Like accountability. You know, we hold people accountable to rules, policies, the things that we need to do. Well, I need to be held accountable too, not just by the board, but by all of you. If I'm not doing what I said I was going to do or I fall short of that, I expect to be held accountable. So, you know, in, the, in this world, it, it, you know, it goes back to the whole paramilitary, you know, con we're paramilitary, we're not military. And in this world of, of networking, you know, that's how we communicate now a very rigid chain of command, sometimes outside a, an emergency incident or something like that is not realistic. You know, it, it makes an organization sluggish. Or sluggish. Um, people know, you know, when they send an email whether they're trying to work outside the system. And, you know, that kind of stuff just obviously wouldn't be tolerated. But um, good ideas should be shared with everybody, not just the fire chief. It should be shared with the station, should be shared with the battalions, the divisions, and, you know, if they're good ideas, they generally will bubble up. Um, Kind of a long answer to your question. But. All good. Uh, can you share on, on uh, what your ideas or what your plan is as far as getting out and, and, and meeting? You speak to, uh, you know, our people are, are probably our greatest, are, are our greatest asset, and that's important to you. And uh, what is your plan to get out and, and expose yourself to them and you to be exposed to, to all of the OCFA employees? Yeah, you know, the, the short-term plan certainly as well as long-term is, is to get out to, you know, I've got Kathy, um, who's just a outstanding, I mean, she's amazing. And she's already got me scheduled for dinners every night, you know, this week, and I believe starting next week. I, I like the lunches maybe a little bit better, but, you know, being new, maybe the, the conversations we have go a little long, then I'm late for all my other meetings. And of course, right now, the first couple of weeks, booked pretty solid meeting for with sure. not just uh, individuals here within the organization, but, you know, some of the elected officials, board members, a variety of people. My dance card's pretty full for, for uh, a while, but so dinners are kind of the way. But that, that's to me, that's the most fun you can have. And 
um, what I've shared with the others is it's important to me that you know the others around me also get out to the stations, the executive management team and others. I know there's a program and there's days that are programmed to go out there, but that's the best source. You're going to get the best source of information or better, best understanding of the culture from those conversations. And it's the most fun. I mean, when I left uh, 34s last night, um, you know, we were having a pretty good laugh. I mean, it was, uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, because again, it goes back to that's why we joined, you know, not just to live in the services, but the, the fellowship, the camaraderie, man. It, there's no more fun than running, you know. I'm sure it brought back some good memories. Oh, I loved it. It's yeah. a good times. Hey, I wanted to ask you uh, about, you set up a Twitter account, OCFA yes. Chief. Uh, can you explain what your ideas or what your thoughts are with that account? Yeah, you know what, I, 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 uh, I'm not all that social media savvy, to be honest with you. Um, it w I was encouraged while in San Diego to set that up. I, I really wasn't, a, I was somewhat reluctant to it, and so the media services manager that reported to me set it up for me. And I didn't have the password. And she, uh, you know, she would periodically put things in there for me, promotions, pictures of this, or, you know, a great incident. And, and um, I found it was a, a really unique way of communicating, not just internally, but externally. And I would contribute now and then, but it was pretty slow. Again, I'm, I'm kind of clumsy when it comes to using it. Um, but whether it's interfacing with the media, community members, elected officials, it always you know, I'd marvel at meeting with them in person and they'd bring up something they saw on the site. Hey, tell me about the rescue that you had, you know, somewhere here and there, or, or the fire, you guys. It turned into a really great way of messaging, you know, community messages, the good stuff we're doing within the organization. I can't, you know, I can't emphasize that enough. People see us on TV at the, you know, the house that was on fire, the bad traffic accident. They're going to see us on those. We want them to see all the other, the drowning prevention program here in Orange County. Oh my God, amazing. I just got briefed up by Division Chief Greg McEwen. Amazing, right? And what they're doing in Irvine, what they're doing throughout the county, the task force. But those are the things we need to promote what individuals, what crews are, are doing so that people understand what their fire authority is doing for them. So I found it is a, a really good way, Shane, of, of communicating the great things the, the organization is doing in the community. Perfect, thanks. So what I want to finish on, Chief, uh, unless there's something else you, oh, you want to hit. So what I'd like to, you to finish on, um, I can read it to you if you want, sure. but uh, your last statement, which is your vision statement, or your vision for the OCFA. Um, do you want me to read it to you, or do you remember yeah, it off the top of your head? Yeah, read it to me. So, so my vision for the OCFA includes that we are the most progressive 21st century fire service organization in the United States, an organization known for its cohesion, adaptiveness, and resilience. The key to the success is through vision, rebuilding trust, and a deep sense of purpose. Yeah, I love that. Hard it's to awesome. memorize, right? You, you know, when I, uh, the three things that really kind of stuck with me, I built words around a lot of that, right? But really, it's the cohesion, adaptiveness, and the resilience. I mean, I, I believe that's what the community expects of us. That's what we expect of each other. I mean, when we talk about cohesiveness, it's not just the internal. I mean, our being cohesive internally, I mean, that's a big part of it, trusting each other and you know, depending on where you are in the organization, trusting that your chief, that your, your, your organization is going to support you. Um, so that's important. But also externally, you know, we've got to, you know, rebuild a little bit of trust, it appears, perhaps with the county and, and some of the others. We're going to do that. Um, and that we're going to, you know, work well with all organizations. We, you know, we have a history and a reputation of that. You know, we're big in the mutual aid system. 
you know, be adaptive. Hey, when things take place, and I think we do that very well uh, also. Um, man, you know, when something changes, we spin on a dime, we're ready to go, we don't complain. Man, that's, that's why we join the service, right? I mean, we love that part of it. But the big one, I think, is the resiliency. Hey, you know what? You can knock us down. That's all right. You know, we're going we're gonna to jump back up and we're going to be better than we were before you knocked us down. It, you know, that happens over the course of any organization's history. But really, in my view, you know, the, the merit of the organization is how, you know, how quick you jump up and that you're better when you do. But we're going to be resilient. This is a, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I think this is a great time for OCFA. Man, we've had a, a pretty public event. Um, we're going to leverage that and we're going to come out of this way better and beyond what anybody's expectations are. We are going to be that 21st century. I, I told you that. Um, we are going to be that department on the West Coast where people go, you know, wherever the organization is, hey, who's doing this? Well, you know, on the West Coast, it's the west side of the country, man, it's Orange County. You need to go talk to those guys about cancer, behavioral health, leadership, whatever it is. We're going to be that place. I've taken a lot of pride in all the hot shot crews I've been on, all the engine crews, the truck crews, departments. Um, now I'm here, and there's going to be no better organization um, out there than this one. I'm, I'm going to work day and night to make sure that's the case. I'm excited for our future, Chief. I, I look forward to uh, following your leadership. Uh, thank you for your time today, and uh, I, I'm excited. I am too, thanks man. For I'm being all here jacked today. up. Thanks. All right. Thanks again, Shane. Uh, man, it was great to, to hear a little bit more about our new fire chief. I have no doubt that uh, he'll continue to lead this organization uh, to great new heights. Um, if you see him around headquarters or at a station, please take a time. Uh, please take time to just introduce yourself if you, if you haven't already done so or, or you hadn't had the opportunity to badge swearing in. Um, just identify who you are, where you work. Uh, maybe pick his brain a little bit. Uh, he has a wealth of information, obviously 40 years in the fire service. And again, uh, extremely approachable and just has an overt uh, excitement to be here at the Fire Authority and looking forward to great changes um, and, and just continuous on the, on the right trajectory for us to really be that premier fire agency that we strive to be. So, all right, our next podcast uh, will be coming out in early May, and that'll be a next interview with our newly retired Division Chief Dave Steffen, uh, whom we, we, uh, we miss quite a bit, but we're so excited for him. Uh, to move on into retirement, uh, was able to attend his retirement party and just uh, what a great event out there at Fire Station 41. And then again, uh, we had a smaller venue, um, uh, private venue, and, and just seeing him out there with a big smile on his face with his family and excited about the next uh, chapter in his life is the way it should be for all of us. So uh, we work hard for 30 years and then uh, we should enjoy the fruits of our labor uh, beyond that. And so we're super happy for Dave Steffen. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. That'll be coming up. But until then, Let's continue to watch out for each other and we'll talk to you soon.